Yo, 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 welcome to Cheers to Beers. I'm your host, Jess Keller-Poole, and welcome to the third installment of the Art of Beer series, which is where I interview artists who work with breweries. Today, I am joined by my friend and very talented illustrator and graphic designer, Casey Callahan. Casey currently works for Burton Snowboards in Vermont, but has a history of doing designs with breweries such as Rubens Brews here in Seattle and other half in New York, as well as other fun one-off projects. So she was on a trip out here on the West Coast, and I had the opportunity to catch up with her and talk about her experience as an artist in the beer industry. Before I go any further, I do want to talk about what I'm drinking right now, um, which is, oh my God, I'm going to burp. Oh my God, so gross. Um, I am drinking um, a Japanese-style rice lager that is a collaboration between Black Raven and Lowercase. Um, always drinking a lowercase these days. Um, seriously, Seattle, some of the best loggers out there. Like, come on, get at it. It's called Haposhu uh, style lager. Um, and it's excellent. It really shows the rice character. It's because the rice is toasted. So you really get more of that flavor. And it's not just used strictly as an adjunct, which is the traditional use of rice or corn in a lager. You see that I mean, in all macro brews, specifically Coors is the big one that uses rice, Um, but they only use it to help thin out the body. Um, It doesn't really add any flavor. So that's why I really liked what Lowercase did here Um, by exposing that flavor of rice that can be really complimentary to a really light lager. And speaking of light, I am loving this beer so much because it is 3.9%. And that is exactly what I fuck with in the afternoon, which is when I'm recording this. Um, so yeah, absolutely delicious. I would um, love to see some more innovative use of rice because it's so easy just to call something a Japanese rice lager when in fact rice is being used in lagers all the time for its function um, in thinning out the body. It's not really ever used or flavor that much. So I really like what they did here. And I think that, you know, some people should take a look at what they're doing and uh, take notes. So this conversation turned out so well. We have the kind of like this overall theme going on about how clients and specifically breweries treat artists. The craft beer industry overall is an incredible space to work in, but every brewery is ran different, obviously. And Casey makes this point that you have to pay attention to how a brewery treats other realms of the business outside of yours. So like whether that's an artist looking at bartenders or bartenders looking at brewers, the overall treatment is going to be an indicator of how that employer is going to treat you as an individual. This could be said for, you know, any job, any industry, but we're just pulling from our own experience in the beer industry. And she makes some really good points of, you know, especially if you're a freelance artist, like how to stand up for yourself and, you know, not compromise your pay or your work. So speaking of lowercase, I'm going to take another sip right now. So good. This episode, we are drinking a lowercase beer, which is actually a collaboration between Seattle Beer School and lowercase. If you've listened to the pod before, you know that Seattle Beer School is a beer education and events uh, company ran by myself and my frequent co-host Shauna Cormier and what's really cool is Casey designed our logo for us 
Um, if you've ever seen it, it's like a hand that looks like it's holding a little goblet glass and um, really helped us establish. This was like right at the beginning where Shauna had already been doing this previously before we met. And then when we were like, okay, no, we like, we both like quit our jobs. We had other, other jobs on the side, but we kind of like quit what we were doing previously to be like, let's focus in on this because like, we're not going to be able to find a place of an employ a place of employment that is just going to let us have total free, uh, creative freedom unless we do it ourselves. So Casey really helped us out with that branding overall, like having this awesome logo really just kind of got the wheels turning and really set us off to be like, no, we are professionals and we run a business and this is what it is. So we're eternally grateful for her work um, and her inspiration. And so when we did a collaboration with Lowercase, it was just natural that we wanted to have that logo kind of showcased on the can. Uh, so that's why we're drinking this because it's a beer, you know, I helped develop, Sean helped develop, and it's Casey's work that's on the front of it. Um, so if you live in the Seattle area, uh, you can find this beer at some bottle shops as well as the lowercase tap room. And uh, what it is, <laughs> I haven't even said yet, is what we're calling a Northeast style lager, which you might be like, what the hell does that mean? Um, great question. It's a hazy lager. <laughs> um, you know, there's definitely a trend um, all across the U.S. in the craft beer industry of hazies being the hype beers. And they're what sell um, in their 16-ounce cans, four-packs. Uh, you got lines down the street trying to come in to get the latest hype hazy. And we kind of wanted to play off that in a certain way to be like, okay, well, we drink lagers for the most part. Lowercase brew is incredible lagers. So what can we do that's kind of a play on this that is going to be like a big seller, quote unquote, hype lager? So we decided to make a dry hopped lager, which um, ended up being getting a little haze in there, kind of Keller beer-esque. So what we ended up doing was we also collaborated with Slight Beer Labs, which uh, does like various testings um, of, you know, all the testing that goes into brewing beer. And John, the head brewer at Lowercase, uh, got collected a bunch of quote unquote hype hazies, uh, some of the big ones that we know, and we did a blind tasting. And the reason why we did this was one, to completely drop our bias on what we think about certain breweries, which if you've never done a blind tasting, I highly recommend it just for funsies, just to really strip away any sort of expectation and let you sit with the beer be like, oh, wait, maybe I don't like this as much as I thought I did. Or like, maybe I just wanted to like this because I like the brewery it came from and I don't actually like it. So we did this blind trial where we were basically trying to figure out what hops we wanted to use. So we went through all the beers, decided which ones were good, decided which ones were bad. And then from there, our top picks seeing what hops were used. And we ended up going with Galaxy, Citra, and Strata. I think it's a beautiful bouquet. It's piney, but it's also tropical. And um, it's nice to have that like effect of an IPA, especially those aromatics from the hops, but then matched with a really clean, crisp body. So if you don't already, uh, follow Seattle Beer School on Instagram at Seattle Beer School. This is where you're going to see um, more fun stuff we're doing in the future. And uh, you can find out more about collaborations and this beer specifically. 
So while we're drinking a lowercase beer, we recorded this in the Seattle location of Aslan Brewing, uh, which was just awesome because they're great and they let us talk on the mics in-house and do our thing. So shouts outs. Okay, I think that's all the business up top. Uh, So let's get into it, shall we? In this episode, we are talking about giving credit to your artists. Breweries, take note. Give credit to your artists. If your artists are producing your branding and are selling your cans, the least you can do is put their Instagram handle on there. Come on. We also talk about complications with contracts and the use of your art. Casey gives great advice to freelance artists. And we just kind of get into the equal treatment quote-unquote equal treatment in the beer industry from hiring diverse staff to paying your artists a livable wage all that good stuff so um if you can find a hazy lager if that exists in your beer market um go ahead and try to grab that otherwise grab a lager grab a hazy somewhere in between those two and uh join us cheers so kind of funny situation because we're recording in Aslan but we're not drinking an Aslan beer (laughs) and um that's okay we don't need to be we're just here because it's comfy no as long as we're drinking beer you know what I mean right exactly um and it just like the timing somehow perfectly worked out with you coming to visit and then this beer being released that features your artwork and I don't know like that that just stars aligned (laughs) that's so weird yeah um (laughs) so that's where we're at now. We're gonna we're drinking a lowercase beer. This is the first time. Wait, you said you didn't try it earlier. I today. haven't tried it. No, okay. I actually purposefully didn't try it because I was like, I had some inkling that yeah. we you were gonna have it for you know, me. You know. <laughs> um so yeah, so <laughs> the styles the it's kind of funny, the story behind this. So it's a collaboration with Seattle Beer School and Lowercase, um, who's down in Georgetown. And uh John, the head brewer, reached out to us and basically pitched this idea, kind of like tongue in cheek, like Oh, everyone does a hazy. We're not a hype brewery. We're not a hazy brewery. We drink lagers. So, <laughs> which by the way, like just now moving from New England area, coming here, coming back here after living here for three years beforehand, like hazy has become so many different definitions to me. Isn't that funny? And it's like also I I used to be obsessed with them. I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna get the mm-hmm. fucking hazy. Can I say fucking? By yes, the way? Okay, yes, cool. Please. Um, <laughs> I was like, can I please get the hazy beer? And then it started slowly turning into like, oh, this is thick in my mouth. I don't know how I feel about this. And like starting to taste New England hazies versus here hazy. What's the difference you've noticed? I think there honestly it's much more balanced Mm. um and like i'm gonna preface this whole thing by like i just love the shit out of beer and i'm not a beer expert so i'm gonna be (laughs) which i know i know (laughs) know it's like you don't care but like (laughs) um but yeah like just like i think the like haze is like not taken quite as literally it's more like totally you know the style in general so it's like everything's all encompassing around it whereas here it felt sort of like here's the haziest beer you can possibly have yeah it was like trying to make something more hazy even if it's like no dude that doesn't need to be what we're doing how thick can we get it's like "Mm, i don't know about i don't know if i want that (laughs) no i don't well it's funny you mentioned that because heady topper is like the og hazy ipa And it's not, like, super hazy. No, it really isn't. And, like, the way you enjoy that beer, too, like, especially if you go there, they don't they don't technically have a tap room. They, they sort mm. of just do, like, a similar to what Georgetown yeah. used to do here, like, kind of just tasters and stuff. And you go there and you drink it and you're, like, you can you can't see through it technically but it's not like the hazies here where you c- literally can't see right anything. it's like so like, opaque yeah, yeah 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 but no that beer is 
so smooth it's Bruh. unreal which i feel like hazy that you don't get the smoothness quite as much when you're yes. here in the northwest yeah, yeah yeah i hear that i feel that um but that being said yeah super can you kind of <laughs> tell me how you guys did this because i was yes. reading the label and i'm like i don't understand <laughs> yes first let's open it up yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh, that was a good crack and then you got to mosher it of course okay i might be bad at it you kind of do it once, one at a time, like yeah. a little bit at a time. Let it settle. I watch Brent do time <laughs> lapses of it. And I'm I just love that. Fascinated. Um, yeah. So, uh, what did you just ask me? I already forget. Oh, how you guys did this? <laughs> oh, right. Um, so, so yeah. Um, oh, your motion is so much better. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> there is a right way. <laughs> um. Oh man, I can already smell it right here. That's I already so have good. one of these today too, and I'm like all excited. Dude, that's so fresh. It's, I mean, this literally was canned yesterday. Oh, it's so good. Fresh to death. Um, yeah. So we, uh, we were talking to John, and just the nicest dude ever. We mm-hmm. just get along with him. His view, his take on beer is very similar to what Sean and I's is, um, mm-hmm. which is we love it and it's a craft, but we also don't take ourselves too seriously. Which is exactly how it should be. Totally agreed. And um, so we were talking about like what we would want to do for doing a collaboration. It was kind of this funny thing like, oh, let's do it. Let's do a hazy lager because everyone wants the hype on the hazies, but we drink lagers and there's got to be a good way to do both of them. Yeah. Um, so we also worked with Slight uh, Labs who helped us out with some of um, the IBU measurements and also with our uh, hop blind tasting. So we did the blind tasting and uh, figured out our favorite hops are galaxy citra and strata um which is funny because i already knew that galaxy was one of my favorites but when we were testing and i found out i was like john we got to do galaxy and he just sighs he's like galaxy is not cheap <laughs> he's like damn i knew you'd like that one <laughs> yeah, i was like i'm sorry man uh but he again he's such a genuine person he mm-hmm. wasn't like galaxy is too expensive we're not going to make it he's like we did the test for a reason yeah and also we like, like it. we're collaborating with you for a reason like right. we got to make the beer how we want it you know? right exactly um yeah and then he he just fucking banged it out dude he he did such a good job that um the head stays like super stable it's like super fluffy the aromatics on it are perfect it's you know that's like this thing with a lot of hazies and like you're saying probably see this more in pacific northwest Mm -hmm. is um like hop sludge or like that green flavor just tastes like you're eating hop pellets Wait, that's such a good way to describe it. I've never heard anybody describe it that way. Because that's <laughs> yeah. exactly how it feels. Right, yeah. yeah. It's like unripe and just nasty. And that's not what this is at all. It's just yeah. like the pure form of dry hopping, which is getting that aromatics and getting that juicy note. Yeah. Um, and oh. I think that's what we did. So. Yeah, let's try it. Yes. Cheers. Oh my God, that's such a, first off, that's such a lowercase beer. I can totally. <laughs> I love that you can so tell that. It's so good. No, it's, hold on, I'm going to take another sip. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the, the lowercase, like it reminds me of lowercase so much. Obviously, one lowercase made it, but <laughs> it's just so like piney. But like, it's that's that what citra, I like about yeah. it because it's like, oh, that, and I can, t- the hazy is in there, but it's not like coating my throat. Yes. Which I, I hate that in hazy sometimes it just like sticks to you but like that is so fucking smooth dude and I love that yay I'm happy to hear that um yeah and like we're talking about like different haze levels like this is not clear but it's not thick no I'm you not know? like 
I'm not like looking at milk in my glass, basically. You know? <laughs> yeah, like a fucking orange juice milkshake. Dude, that um, is. I'm trying to like. T- what else is in there besides pine that reminds me? I wonder if it's just the uh, lager yeast strain they use. Honestly, yeah. Or like, let me read the label really quick. Yeah, so um, it's also like a reference to um, Indiana Jones and. Uh, yeah. With like the Holy Grail imagery on the front, because with your design, because this is your design with the hands um it's originally just more of like a goblet glass and then uh their designers switched it out with all this like funky i'll put a picture on the instagram but um all this funky like glassware and then the one that the hand is holding is like the holy grail yeah i was gonna ask kind of what what like the holy grail was inspired by like did you guys kind of have that in mind when you were gonna brew it no that was kind of all john uh we definitely had like a lot of back and forth in our emails and we just like kind of just let him mm-hmm. go with it um and he's funny because sometimes he'll like he'll spew out these really good ideas and then he'll pause and be like wait is this even good is this even what you guys want am i making any sense You're like, please keep talking yes. i love it <laughs> yeah, exactly uh so that was all him like he wanted to make i like i said the whole concept is kind of tongue-in-cheek so i think he wanted to have a reference i was yeah. kind of like do you get it yeah like, you know which is the fun part about like you guys like and john in general like lowercase in general is like the the fun aspects always there like you look at their, cause they've started packaging and like, I've been following them on Instagram pretty closely after moving and like seeing how they went from, you know, a few beers on tap to now packaging is pretty sick. And like yeah. the packages themselves, you're, you can tell that they don't take themselves too seriously and not in a way where it's like, you know, disorganized or all over the place in a way where it's like, okay, you like actually, you have fun doing this. You're not, it's not like, okay, we got to make another package. Let's go. Or like, you know, all the absurd packaging that does exist where it just goes overboard and you're like, okay, enough, like enough with this imagery, enough with these stupid puns. Like, or yeah, just like doing like trends for trends sake. Yes. That's been like a big, like the beer industry. I know we, is it cool if we search like dive into all? Okay, cool. Yes, (laughs) go. The beer industry in general is just pretty interesting with, packaging because it's become such a big part of like mm-hmm. even just in the last like three years and yeah. I I didn't even get into like the brewery packaging world until like a year a year two years ago mm-hmm. at this point and even since then it's like just the con like there's constant design being pushed through every minute every second and then you look at you google like best can designs like best this best whatever and there's so many blogs like reporting on this stuff and it's sort of like, where are you getting, I don't know. It's sort of like a weird like ranking at this point, Mm, like mm -hmm. almost like who has the coolest label. Like a lot of people I feel like search for beer based off their label now, which is not a bad thing. Right. But you also want to like give credit where credit is due to people who are like coming up from like nothing coming up from packaging that isn't like part of their business in the first place. Right. And also designers that are like trying to figure their way out in the beer design world like it's it can kind of be a frustrating game because you're looking at like a lot of people that submit their beer designs to any sort of like blog or like competition Mm -hmm. have like the means and the money to do so where whereas a lot of like freelance designers which i will say is probably the majority oh yeah of beer industry design um is freelance um they don't have like the means to really do that so when you're looking through like the design world of beer online it can be a little bit misleading because it's 
it's not necessarily like all the content if that makes any yeah, sense no totally and i think you bring up a good point with like these articles and this ranking where it's like you're totally right when you say it's about like access and mm-hmm. how much means that has it's like a lot of breweries are out here sending multiple times a month sending out beer to uh, media outlets mm-hmm. purposely to be like right about us and that's fine that's like how it works but if you are a small brewery and you don't have you don't have a marketing person even or whatever mm-hmm. like you're not even that's not even on your radar because yeah. you've got to turn a tank and you know you're packaging on this day and it's it's a lot to run a brewery so it's just funny because it's like how much do these <laughs> do these lists actually matter yeah. if what are you only basing this on what breweries are sending you or are you like comprehensively yeah. going out to your local market and seeing yeah. what's actually there? Are you actually doing like the research on who the designer is or who like, and that's, I think that's a big part of the frustration too is like, and this is like, obviously there's a lot of great stuff to do with like brewery design and like, I will definitely get, get to all that. But the frustrating parts are like pretty, pretty, I don't know. They're pretty glaring. And like, sure. so like, when you said that, like, oh, you're not doing all the market research. A lot of people m- m- use design, like they take it for granted or mm-hmm. they like use it in a way that is not very fair. Like a lot mm. of breweries don't give credit to artists. A lot of breweries don't. And I'm not just like singling out breweries. I'm singling out, singling out publications or anything yeah. like that. Like, Dude, that's the most frustrating thing is seeing um, a, a list of best label design mm-hmm. and all the credits given to the brewery mm-hmm. and, and like well, you didn't do that very though. rarely is yeah that's very rare and even if it is the brewery like technically it's like it, even if you have a full-time designer you should always give credit to that person because it's, uh, it's yes art is a very like specifically individualistic thing and so when you look at there's just so many like aspects to it but when you look at breweries that don't credit their artists you you kind of start wondering like why and like what and that like when I look at like Aslan is a great example when I look at their like Instagram or any of their like blog content they're really good about showing the artists and representing the artists and and kind of letting them free fall to whatever they are interested in so if that's like a mural or if that's like you know packaging design or whatever um, they definitely give not even just credit but like creative freedom that's huge. Which is so huge. Like you look at like a lot of other bre- like I'm not, I'm definitely not going to like single anybody out, but you look at a lot of breweries and you, s- you see that there's a lot less like comfortability with the designer. You can mm-hmm. tell when a designer isn't comfortable oh, totally. in a brewery. And like, yeah. I think it's because they're like a little bit more restrained and like can't, they don't feel as if their voice is being heard in the like. Yeah. And like you're saying, a lot of this work is freelance. So if you uh, have four clients you're working for and then you've got to you got to balance what they're asking you and then Mm -hmm. if they're asking for all these edits constantly and then cool you have a portfolio which is your work and is still like something to be celebrated but then if there's not like any sort of continuity between that like how do you express yourself as that artist then if like all the work you're getting is just constantly having to be changed and you don't even get to do what you want to do yeah totally and they already like you know I love when a like a brewery has a night like the like John is a great example when he has an idea I haven't done anything specifically but when he has an idea I feel like he's really good about communicating that and that's Mm -hmm. like huge for a designer it's I think there's also in in my situation I've been in I've been in 
a process where, you know, I'm not, I don't even get to try the beer, which I get, I get sometimes because it's still, you know, going through production and it's Mm -hmm. not always possible. But when you're like kind of brought with an idea of like, Hey, we want this beer. We don't really know what style it is. We don't really know what we're doing with it. We don't really have any ideas for it, but make a label. It's sort of like, well, I'd love to know, like, I'd love to know what I'm like working with. I'd love to even taste the, like, can you give me some sort of like sample of right. it or the hops or the yeast, anything. Or like, like an, another beer style that you've done is going to be similar to this, but yeah. we're changing this. Yeah. Like anything to like point you in a direction. Cause we're not like magicians. Like. That's the funny <laughs> thing. And I think that if there's people who aren't creatives and they're asking for this work, they just expect you to be able to just bust anything out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, yeah, y- you are an artist, but you have to have some sort of direction and some sort of, like, yeah. inspiration to That's go like from. somebody going up to a brewer and being like, make a beer. Yeah. And that's it's exactly like, right. wait, yeah. that's not, but, like, can you give me more information? Because, right. like, that's not how it works. Like, I think that's a, a common misunderstanding with designers, too, or any creative person is, like, people think they're just, like, born with it and, like it's just like comes naturally, but right. it's not, it's really not that actually like it's I'd practice. say most of the time it's a lot of like, like it's basically a foreign language. You're learning, mm. you're constantly learning things and like trying to improve your craft and like, yeah, yeah. You got to like keep, you got to keep it yourself inspired and creative. And when, when somebody hands you like a blank slate, it's sort of, it's a little more difficult to point yourself in the right direction. Right. Especially if like in their mindset, they're like, Oh, we're giving you full creative freedom. But it's like, Mm -hmm. that's not even putting out a piece of paper for you. That's just putting you in a room and being like, do something. (laughs) Or like when you, when your audience drinks the beer, don't you want them to like drink the taste the beer and then look at the label and be like, I get why that label Mm -hmm. is the way that it is. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't that be sick if you had that? Like, you know what I mean? So it's right. Which is opportunity for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that's why, breweries with good design and good consistency benefit from having an in-house artist. Yeah. Um, it was one of the things when I started working at Aslan that I asked, um, when we were doing like a tour of the whole facility in Bellingham and I asked them, I was like, do you outsource your work or is this in-house? And our uh, CEO, Jack, like, kind of was confused by that question. He's like, no, it's in-house. Like, we have an artist who works here. That's like, badass that he was, was like, duh. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was, like, baffled by that question. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, mad respect, because you are hiring an artist full-time to yeah. be here. Yeah, and, like, the – I remember – I can't even remember when it was. I want to say it was, like, a year ago at this point. But, like, I remember Aslan put up an Instagram post of, like, their artists – in general and like doing a blog post about them and not it, the blog post I read like completely. Cause I never saw a brewery really do that. Like I never yeah. saw a brewery like really go in depth about who their artist is as a person and like not just like their Instagram handle or whatever. Right. And like it's, it was, I mean, which is also very important. Yes. Like give credit, yeah, yeah, always yeah. give credit. Yeah. But like you look into that and you read like, Oh, like this is the relationship we developed with him. Like this is how, and I, I believe Aslan has more than one artist. Yeah. We've got, um, Connor McPherson. You can listen to mm-hmm. us talk on art of the beer number one. Um, so he does, um, specialty label work. So anything from our barrel program and he does all the mural work in the facilities. Right. But then we also have Austin, who's our graphic designer who does the can design. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, which is awesome. Cause it's like, you also can like, which you look at Aslan's can design and you see like the textures and the stuff like that. Like, Oh, I, I absolutely love that stuff because it, that stuff like details much the abstract, like texture details what the beer is so much better. I feel Ooh, like than a very point. specific. Yes. Yeah. Like can can stuff in general, like 
I feel like is obviously much more abstract because there's so much of it. But then you look at like the special bottle releases that Connor does and it's like, that shit is like special. Like that's yes. like some like special edition stuff. So the, the art has to be more specific, more right. like, like super creative. His stuff is like, I've always been a huge fan of him, but like reading the blog post, it was about Connor mm-hmm. and reading that blog post. It was like, Oh, like we met him doing this. We, he was like living in a van doing our work for a while. Like, that paints such a better picture of Aslan to me. Like, obviously it's about Connor, but it's also really about the people that Aslan are. So like you look at breweries in general who are like coming up on this like huge, like this is just like a huge wave of design in breweries that are happening. And like, there's a huge amount of competition, but what's going to set you apart is how you treat people in the process. And like, that's not just with like your brewers or your bartenders. That's with like, the vendors you work with, the people you collaborate with, the people you design with, like you can't just like trample over people and think that that's not going to hit you later in life. So like right. seeing that Aslan did that, I'm always going to respect them because it's like, okay, you like, you obviously care about the people you're putting like through your process. And so like, I don't know, oh, I could like well, go for days about this. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, you're making a good point to go back to the whole like freelance idea is a freelance work for any person is really hard because it's just random contracts and contracted work and Mm -hmm. people it's easier for people to treat you like shit oh yeah like clients will treat you like shit because you're like getting paid less anyways yeah. <laughs> for the most part or and they never believe your rates they're like huh oh that doesn't God. make any sense it's like have you hired an artist yeah. like, if you like my work this is what it goes for yeah that's just how it works yeah um yeah so it's like it can be really easy to mistreat those people and so it's like there's that level of it but then you make a good point too talking about like even outside of your operations in the brewery like yeah. your vendors your accounts like whoever like anytime you're interacting like you're you're representing your brand yeah you're always you're if you own that brewery or you are the head brewer whoever you are like you're and that's not like a pressure thing it's just no. like treat people like you would want to be treated it's so cliche it's so but basic though. yeah like, i mean like, like would you want to be paid for your work would you want to be respected yes. for what you do um which is that's like the freelance aspect of breweries is interesting like i know like a lot of like zero gravity in vermont is a really good example they are like obviously Vermont based, but they have a artist that's freelance for them. That's in Oregon. And, um, they've had him for, I want to say a few years. I don't, I can't like quote, quote that directly, but (laughs) their can designs are awesome. He does like a bunch of one-offs for them and like a ton of like t-shirt tote bag stuff for them. And he's awesome. But like the, but you know, like talking to them about it, cause I was curious about who designed for them they're like oh yeah like he's like been with us like we like really treat it like we we have like a great collaboration we like get along really well and the process of that like there can be freelance where people like have mutual respect um and a lot of that to me is like you have you have to just like it's hard at first with a brewery because when you give them your rates or you give them like the guidelines of how your work should be they they sort of are scared at first, which is, is okay because I feel like it is a little scary to give someone a lot of money for something you don't necessarily know how it's going to turn out. Sure. That's a lot of trust. So mm-hmm. I, I get the fear of that, but I think the relationship itself is more important than the like artwork you expect to get. I totally if that agree. that makes any sense. Yeah. Because 
at that point, that's that's how you build the trust, right? Yeah. Like, so if you have a good relationship with this person, if you get to know them before anything beyond that, then it doesn't feel as scary to ask mm-hmm. for the money that you deserve or for them to put that trust in you. Yeah. Because if you're just here and you don't even really know each other and they're just like, oh, I like your work, do this and this. Oh, wait. No, and then that's like where miscommunication happens yeah. and where like there's a disjointed theme and like yeah expectations are weird and right or like they're asking for something really specific and you're doing your best to meet that mm-hmm. but like if it doesn't fit into your style or like the way that you are as an artist like it's not going to come out exactly as they thought because like how can you can't expect one person to be able to just do no. everything and that's hard i mean i so i've i've worked both i mean full-time and freelance for mm-hmm. um some breweries and like I think freelance is probably the most experience I have with breweries and Mm -hmm. it's interesting because you kind of have to tread you have to really think about what you deserve in that process so like I would say to anybody listening that is like either a designer or wants to be designer or wants to get into the beer industry within design I'd say like just like really be comfortable choosing your rate and like stand by it Mm -hmm. don't like I, I would I mean definitely like collab with people who you really trust collab with people that you like respect and want to have a relationship with um but then also like think about licensing Mm. if you like feel as if the brewery will like keep using that like stuff or like anything like that like try to try to think through if you want to have them keep paying you for that like honestly it's 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 up to anybody i'm not going to shame anybody for like not charging the like quote unquote like premium amount for design because i mean i've i've charged a lot of various rates in my like life and like you kind of just charge what you think you deserve and that's just part of learning how to become like a successful designer you like yeah you are gonna sometimes like realize that you should have charged more or realize that you were taken advantage of. And you know, that's part of the growing process. But I think just if, if I could give any advice, it's that just really try to build trust and relate in a relationship with the people. And like, if they start, you know, taking advantage of you and you feel uncomfortable, like you can respectfully say something without it being, without it being like a complete, like angry conversation. You can definitely, approach the situation where you're like hey like I just want to respect you in this process and I also want the same from you like I want you to be able to use my design and be a part of this but also like I feel as if like my artwork needs to keep living on so you need to keep paying me for it um Mm -hmm. so like licensing I think is a big part of brewery design that a lot of people don't talk about um whether that be a three-month license or like three years who knows right that's the only like I would say like obviously there's a lot of advice I have but <laughs> money wise yeah. advice like try to try to look into that and see if they'll if it's a one-off can design great but if they're gonna like use a logo for like an event that they'll do over and over and over like you should definitely profit off of that absolutely and it's like it shit does get tricky with like contracts and stuff because it's like like you're saying, like how much do you actually get to profit off your work when it's your work being reproduced and distributed and all of that. And I think Mm -hmm. people can be fucking shady. I think they can really undermine you and be like, like I know that contracts can get written too, where it's like your artwork no longer becomes yours. It's the property of that business. Mm -hmm. 
and that yeah. gets it's a tough thing to let go of it's like your baby <sighs> man <too>. yeah <laughs> that would You're be like, really okay, tough for me for sure i'll never see you ever again bye <laughs> right um whew, crazy um, i know there's a lot i could like go i obviously could go forever but i think the like all the negative things aside like not negative necessarily just the stuff that you have to deal with as a designer you do you always kind of have to live through the like the doubt mm. that people like put on you or like um the worth that you think you are like it's just like a lot of stuff where you have to like really trust yourself yeah. and that's like i'm still i'm still figuring that course, out but yeah. um but know that like if people are asking you for like even if they don't even if they reach out and they say like hey i want a can design and you give them your rate and you like have a good conversation with them. Even if they pull back, just know that like they reached out. So that means you are worth it. That means yes. you, that people are getting interested and you should just keep doing your thing. Like just that's great advice. Keep, keep your head down, do what you're doing, like make the artwork you want to make and people will come to you. Like it's not, it's not like a, that's another thing, like reach out to as many bruises as you want. But if they, if they want your work, if they see what you're doing, then like you're doing it right. Yeah. Um, something I also w- want to touch on on the subject of like artists being taken advantage of and shit is there's this really fucked up concept in just art in general, whether it's music or illustration or graphic design, whatever. There's this concept that people want you to do work for free and mm-hmm. then you get paid in exposure, quote unquote exposure. Mm-hmm. And this is a big problem because I get that, especially for people starting off. You just like are trying to get your shit out there. So like I understand that in t- that concept, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it just really gets messed up when people do that because they literally don't want to pay for the work. No, 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 no. And they the reposting stuff has been... An interesting part. So, and a little bit about my design career. I like started out, I went to school for graphic design, but I was in like, I went to University of Oklahoma, like really small arts Mm. college, like 15 people in my class. Like it was like, it wasn't, I mean, a great program. And I had like some, like one, some of the like best projects I've worked on still because it was just such a creative time oh, I bet. but it's very small and it's mm-hmm. not like you're not really exposed to a lot of like realities of like design in that situation and then I went into advertising after that because it was sort of where like you kind of get filtered into as For a designer you're sure. like yeah. oh, okay like this is where they're hiring let's yeah. go and then you know you kind of get chewed up and spit out in that industry <laughs> and then I kind of like fell like half backwards into you know, freelance and, and a lot of illustration. And that's kind of what led me into the beer industry in general. And, um, you know, like looking slowly starting to figure out my style, which by the way, I really still feel like I'm figuring that out. Like every day I doubt myself and like see the work I'm doing and I'm like, Oh, I could be doing something like this, or maybe I'll pivot and do this. So it's like, it's never, it's a never ending process of like figuring out what you want. But, um, I think like, starting to figure out like oh people are starting to repost my stuff people are starting to like reach out about my rates but they're kind of doing it in an unprofessional way and Mm. they're kind of like like being really vague about what they want or just like like a random dm like oh the dms are just (laughs) i wish i could like i should just screenshot them and give them to you but there's some ones where it's like Oh, I've gotten so many. They're like, Hey, like, I like your stuff. Like we need a logo. (laughs) 
can we have it? And you're just sort of like, you well, can you, can you give me more information? Like, what's your company? It's like from a random person that doesn't have like company. <laughs> and I'm like, what's your company about? Can you give me more information? Are you going to need like brand guidelines? Are you going to, do you want an illustration logo? Do you mm-hmm. want you know, like all this stuff? And they're like, um, but how, how, but how much would you charge? And I'm like, well, I it need depends. To, I need to know, I need to know more. And they're just like, uh, no, never mind. And I'm like, damn it. Like, yeah. So there's definitely, and then like, yeah, the reposting, the sharing on social media, it's great. Like it's cool because especially when you're first starting out and your people are first starting to repost you, you're like, cool. Like this is, this is exciting. Like I'm getting some followers. Mm-hmm. People are interested. And then you start going further into it and you're like, oh, they're starting to like just take this and put their own message on it. Um, And like, I'm not super comfortable with that. And you didn't really ask my permission for that. Uh, And a good example is like, I won't like, I like post some stuff. I I used to post a lot of lettering and I don't really do that as much anymore. But um, I recently did one that was, was sort of political and like, you know, I, I get like some like cutesy brand starting to repost it and a lot really? of like a lot of like DIY like mm-hmm. uh, like trendy stuff yeah, and yeah, yeah. and you know putting their own message on it and I'm like man I really wish like in this world like people would ask before that happens because it's not necessarily like now you have my name on that and I do feel like social media is a strange place for designers because it's either the most amazing thing and like puts you further along or it kind of like takes advantage of you or like it's rough yeah or like your stuff gets used in ways you weren't expecting it to get used and um so you're saying that like even if they tag you and give you credit they're still mm -hmm. like putting a narrative on there that Mm -hmm. you didn't consent to i did not yeah like a <laughs> caption that i'm like whoa hold yeah. up i'm not i'm not saying that right same and then thing. your name is attached to it and then yeah. you're like okay hold up Th- this just got turned into something totally. else and it's hard because you don't i want them to i want people to feel free to see my like work and like mm-hmm. interpret their own voice to it it's it's i'm never gonna like i'm not i don't think i'd ever really stop someone from posting something that i already made but it does get strange when when it's your work and you're really proud of it and you interpret it in one way. And then, and then people sort of have at it and just like, you start seeing it more and more. Like I get tagged in more and more stuff and I'm like, Ooh, like I don't really like that work anymore. Like it's, Mm. I think social media has been a really strange thing for me. It's actually made me, I think a worse designer in some ways. And I think that's because I'm starting to be like, Oh my God, I haven't posted something on social in a while that that pressure is real it's weird and it's i mean even for seattle beer school i'm sure you guys are like oh like we got to keep people interested we got to keep posting stuff but it's like if it's a meaningless post then Then what's the fucking point yeah Yeah. right yeah you're not like just trying to clog someone's feed like if you're going to put something out it needs to actually represent you and your brand and your work yeah like the pandemic and then i so i moved about now eight months ago, which is really weird to think about, but I moved from Seattle eight months ago, plus the pandemic hit a few months in and I haven't really been inspired to create anything. I've been like, so rough, man. you know, figuring out my own life, trying to figure out this stuff. And like the pressure to post has been so high with design because it's kind of how you stay. Like a lot of people find me for freelance work through social media. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard. Cause I'm like, I don't really feel comfortable right now. Like, making anything and I also don't feel inspired 
but then, I think like, that's the tough I thing. want some freelance money. <laughs> like it's, it's such a weird situation. I think a lot of creatives feel this way during the pandemic because on one hand you're at home a lot and you've got all this free time. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's really easy to put this pressure on yourself. Like, well, I should be doing this work. Like I have the time I, I need to be working, but mm-hmm. then when you're struggling with uh, the state of the world and your mental health, your physical health, like, Yep. That totally gets in the way and it's it could be really easy to have like a negative self-talk about it and be like mm-hmm. I need to be doing this especially when you're talking about like pressure with social media which just it becomes exponentially worse. Yeah. Um yeah, Shit but like show. but again, artwork is a reflection of like your soul. So it's like if your soul's not doing good, then yeah. the art's not going to be there. Well, not like totally also like hand-holding to that like when you put yourself out there like on social media, not even just on social media, when you put yourself out there with your work and like you're not in a good state or you feel really vulnerable at the moment and you put your like stuff out there and you're like, Oh, like I don't really know if I want, I don't know if I necessarily feel like sharing this with the world at the moment. Yeah. And like, there's so much pressure to, to be like, Hey, like, here's my work. Here's how I'm feeling. And like you put your whole soul out there as a designer sometimes on like mm. not just social media, but like any of the stuff you sell or anything you like do freelance wise, like, and then when people sort of use it and that's another, like when people repost it or use it as something that's like more applicable to like a really surface level problem, you're sort of like, or like they're thinking it's their solve to a surface level problem or mm-hmm. something it's sort of frustrating to see that because you're like, man, this is never really where I thought my work would end up. Right. Or like, I imagine that it might feel like devaluing in a certain way. Which is, which is actually the cool part about pairing with a brewery as a designer, because I feel like you get more say on like kind of what, how the work is like going. So like you have like, you have a beer that's much more, I don't know, like fun or like one off that like people aren't like obviously taking too seriously and are just like drinking it on a random summer day and like yeah enjoying it by a beach like that's so much fun like you can do you can have a fun easygoing design with that but then you look at a design that's like I don't know like a cask beer like you could do like a I don't know like a spontaneous series yeah, or something yeah when you do something like bottled or anything like that, that has to age when you get to do that work, it's like much more detail oriented and like you can get more in depth with your design. And I Mm -hmm. think that's, that's the cool part about being the designer in the beer world is like, you kind of get to like put on all these different hats, especially emotionally. And I know that sounds like so deep. (laughs) No, I I totally (laughs) agree. I hear you. But like you, you get to also work with like breweries that have all these different, like, concepts to themselves and like you get to you get to try out things that you were really uncomfortable with at first Mm. that you might actually get to like I don't know it's it's a cool process like I I I definitely think I was more challenged design wise in the beer world than I was like anywhere else cool because it is also like not a creative industry in the first place it's a beer industry like sales industry through and through so it's to be a designer in a world that didn't like isn't evolved from creativity like in the art way is like been really interesting. Right. I think they're definitely, I think the beer industry is kind of in this trend. Like you're talking about like one off beers and stuff that was not as common even five years ago as it is now. And so I think that 
like you're saying, it does kind of give you some more opportunity to figure out a, a theme or color mm-hmm. scheme or whatever you're working on, like based on that one beer. And then maybe the next beer you're designing for is like a completely different style. So you like can really, you know, go outside of that and flex your creativity in a certain way. Yeah. Um, I have a random question for you yeah. being in the like beer industry. Do you like that people are picking beers for like packaging or are you like sort of like over it? <laughs> I, I like it. I think okay. that I, I love seeing really like special creative things out there because mm-hmm. it, it's like you're saying it, it is a sales world. So if you're at a grocery store or a bottle shop or something and you're scanning a section, you do have to have something that jumps out at you mm-hmm. because the beer market is pretty saturated, especially in somewhere like Seattle. Um, yeah, definitely. And now that we're in this canning world, it's even more so because there's all these breweries who've never canned, never packaged before. And now they're all out there. So I think that I do like seeing that because it you got to keep people interested. Yeah, like, there's only sure. so much we're going to do in terms of styles. So if we're making the same style, we need to at least put something creative and different on top of it to make you stand out in a different way. Yeah, I do like seeing some consistency with branding. I think that sometimes that is a little weird with some breweries. They just go for like the wackiest, weirdest mm-hmm. sort of label they can do just for that kind of like stand out yeah. on the shelf. That's aspect. not very sustainable. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, how do we integrate consistent, consistent branding with something that's actually standing out and yeah. it still feels like us, uh, which I've definitely seen um, Aslan kind of evolving into something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, They've done an awesome job with consistency. Like, yeah not every brewery can say that which is fine like you you have to find your footing but like right you gotta land somewhere (laughs) for sure i've witnessed you basically work to rebrand a company Mm -hmm. and then basically had i think a lot of your work that influence was very different than what was being done before and so you put out something super fresh and interesting that's something that hadn't really been done before and then another company kind of co-opting your mm-hmm. style, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. <laughs> that, that's, and it, I'm not saying, they, and I'm not saying that they stole anything or anything like that, mm-hmm. but you know, I think that you kind of set a, a precedence of what the mm-hmm. brand should be. And then to have like a design company come in and just be like, okay, yeah. well we're taking over now, but we're still going to hang on to like some of the aesthetic and yeah. your colors and, and your ideas feel. and yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ooh, And go yeah. with that. You know, like I feel, I was frustrated for you when I saw yeah. that. There's a lot of things. Oh my God. This is such a good like question. I have so many thoughts. But <laughs> there's a lot of things as a do- designer, you have to sort of like, swallow and Mm -hmm. at some point you're just like wait why do I have to like swallow this like why am I like okay with this right you start questioning like the stuff you've been like letting go by the wayside and you sort of like start you know fighting back um the problem with stuff like this is that in a lot of situations not just design and like a lot of workplace situations there's a power dynamic Mm -hmm. and like you in my instance, I know that the people that, um, you know, may have not, uh, may have like started co-opting my designs or like sort of taken over. Um, not, I don't, I really, really, truly don't like blame, um, 
a design company for anything because they're they're definitely you know they I do think they're a really creative place and like they they've worked really hard to get where they are and like they make really cool stuff mm-hmm. I blame and this is a common misconception with a lot of people I blame the people that like instituted it in the first place for sure um you know working for a brewery that definitely took advantage of a lot of things I did and like wanted me to work at a faster pace than is like at all Doable. comfortable for any, <laughs> yeah. any designer. Um, and also uh, I, oh, there's so many thoughts. I think when you see, I worked for a brewery that definitely had a lot of big dreams for their design and their creativity, but they couldn't like sequester that to where they actually wanted it. So they, they mm. were just like, reaching out to other people to try to solve it for them, which is not necessarily the person that really has to solve that is, is within. Mm -hmm. So like the people that own the company, the people that hire the designers have to be confident in what they want before they, before they reach out to a, a second party. So, right. Or it's kind of like, you you can have like these lofty ideas and be like this is what i want but we're not quite there yet so we're going to do this and this instead mm-hmm. it's like okay well it's got to be one or the other because mm-hmm. now you've you have an artist in the mix and yeah. like you can't be like tugging you them can't around throw me all over the place right it's like you, mm-hmm. you need to either be dedicated and create your plan your marketing plan for mm-hmm. like what this is going to be or don't or don't like yeah. <laughs> no totally and i think that's i think that's the struggle with like not just, you know, the brewery I worked for in the past, but like in, in general with not just breweries, but a lot of places that are still trying to figure out what they want creatively from other sure. people. Like, yeah, you can't, you can't, it's similar to like dating. And I know that sounds really dumb, but no, you can't doesn't. like love somebody before you love yourself or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, that right. like cliche yeah. term is like, yeah. you can't, you can't ask someone to be creative for you until you feel like confident in what you want as a brand yourself. And like, that's definitely what happened. And it started to feel like I was being thrown in like 20 different directions. Mm -hmm. Every day was a new fire. Every day was like (laughs) a new, you know, request or like, and you know, a question for me that I I had a strong opinion on, but then it kind of got like, you know, pushed back because it ended up never being my opinion that was like valued or mm-hmm. you know I feel like there was just a lot of like confusion and miscommunication and um you know I think almost in those situations if you if you don't feel like you can like confidently trust your in-house designer then yeah by all means hire a big design company not even big like just right. a to hire a design company if you want to like right. I have no judgment on that like go for it yeah. but just know that like they also have 20 other clients and they're never going to be like completely hundred percent you all the time. Mm -hmm. I think that is such a good point because I think that's really the benefit of having someone in house because then Mm -hmm. they are fully in it. They're fully there to do work for you. But like, and not to say like, not, they're not your like little bitch. They're your exactly. employee. Exactly. <laughs> like, yes. You're completely right. Yeah. Um, and again, that just comes back to how easy it is for people to take advantage of artists. And man, I don't even like quite understand why it's like, why is it the creative that people just think that mm-hmm. they don't want to pay for and they don't want to respect? Like, it's so confusing because you, you see, even in the situation I was in, you see some of the like the money that was going towards certain things you were like Mm -hmm. okay okay like that's fine you're gonna spend a shit ton of money on that but like you don't or like in the situation I was in 
it was like almost like a praise or like an open thing that like, oh, Casey's cheaper than like than any other thing we've done. Isn't that great? And it's like, wait, wait, I didn't realize I was getting hired because I was cheaper than your previous option. Like, I wish that was disclosed to me, like, because I fought even just for like a few more dollars on my hourly rate. Like, and it was like pulling teeth. So it's Mm. like, I'm confused as to why like that was like a facet of why I was getting hired. Or like, why would you say that in front of me? That's so rude. I know. Yeah. And like, you know, I think the designers also have a really interesting take on the business because I mean, in my, in my situation, and I'm sure like a lot of other designers, like you kind of, you're not a bartender. So you're not like, you're not greeting the people and seeing the people that drink your beer and you're, you're not right. understanding. You see like a really good side to the br- the brewery. Whereas like, the designers are kind of more in like the off like quote unquote office setting or like you see sort of the more corporate side of it, Mm -hmm. Um, whether or not it's craft or not, like you're still seeing the like business side and like you can really tell who a person is or who like a group of people are with how they handle their business. And that's where I started. Like, you know, I think as a designer, if you see some mistreatment in the business world, like you should, you should, really question it because it's not just about creativity at that point. It's like how they treat their bartenders, how they treat like difficult situations, how they, how they talk to each other, like anything. So, um, you know, and also those are indicators of like how your job is going to go there. Like a the brewery world may seem chill to some people, but it can also be a really like scary place. (laughs) I can see that because it's, it's a highly competitive market, Mm -hmm. especially if we're talking about a city like Seattle, like Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on here and there's a lot of really good breweries in this city. Mm -hmm. And for me, mistreatment. Yeah. For me, it's easy since I've just like been here working here for a while now. It's like, it, it feels small to me, but if we really look at it from an outsider's perspective and like you're saying kind of the difference between being in Seattle and being in Burlington, Vermont, um, like the city, you know, the size difference and all that, like to me, Seattle already feels small, but like mm-hmm. if, if I really take a step back and look like, Oh no, there are so many good breweries and so many of them are good because you have to be good to be able to survive in Seattle. Yeah. No, so, you can't, you can't like mess around at all. Right. And you definitely build a reputation very quickly. Yep. Whether that means, I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Like you said, it's kind of all about, it's like the overall treatment that really, mm-hmm shows your true colors yeah because you can be you can be a certain way you can create a certain amount of branding you can be some sort of person on social media but it's like that's not all of it Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to access other parts of like Mm -hmm. who you are as a business Mm -hmm. like you're not fooling anyone by just saying something on donating money on social media Mm -hmm. (laughs) totally and i think uh, okay and i will say this till the day i die and this goes this is very deeply rooted in the experience we both had. And I, and I am very defensive of you and Shauna with Seattle beer school, because like, I kind of obviously like I didn't work with you guys very long, but like, I definitely feel like I got to know you guys and what you cared about so much. I feel like you, if as a brewery, you have employees and like, you're, you're obviously not like a huge corporation, big business so you're you you're also as a owner figuring things out and that's fine that's part of the process like owning a small business like you're human of you're course. human you're gonna mess <laughs> up but you can't treat your employees like to, you can't put them on a pedestal that they can't reach you have to treat them like they're complete like with complete respect you have to treat them how you would want to be treated mm-hmm. back 
And I think that's a big misconception in the brewery industry now with owners. Like some people can take advantage of their bartenders and, and kind of see them as like, first off, as a bartender, I, I was in the service industry as a waitress. I was never a bartender, but I can imagine there's always, you're always looking at upward mobility. You're not looking at like wanting to just do the same thing every day for the rest of your life. So like when you're trying to strive for more and your owner of the brewery is like trying to stifle that, it's like, what do you expect from me as a human being? Because obviously I want more than this. Like, yeah. And it's like, you're saying like being pulled in so many different directions. It's like, okay, I can't succeed if you don't put a path out for me. Nope. And I can't, obviously I will succeed and your business will succeed if we are both trying to like bring the best out of each other. Why would you ever want to stifle? Yeah. It's baffling. It's, it's, uh, it's unreal. (laughs) It's no, I, sometimes I think about it. I lay in bed at night and I'm like, <laughs> people truly, because of their insecurities, whatever they yeah. have going on, they yeah. want to stifle the good ideas that like people bring to the table, whether they be a bartender or in the office or right, whoever, right. like they stifle so much good information and content that like, for what, for, for what to like put your own name on it and like have a shittier version of it later. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's so crazy to me. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think that you bring up a good point because there is a, there's a pretty general idea of what the beer industry is like. I think it's really easy for outsiders to, people who don't work in the industry to be like, oh my God, the beer industry is so cool. It's so chill, blah, 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 which is accurate. It is Mm -hmm. the coolest fucking industry. And there's a reason why I am here and I love it. Yeah. I Um, mean, you get drunk off a beer. It's fun. (laughs) It's a fun time. We all know it. Um, but you're right because there are, there are other things too. And it can, it's very easy to create a brand, create an idea Mm -hmm. and not actually be that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, roll with the concept that, oh, the beer industry is so chill, blah, blah, blah. And then like do shady shit underneath. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's any other business. It's any other thing. This is just how shit is in the U S you know, you can't just say some words and that be like your brand statement. And you're like, cool, we're good. Like you have to actually live that. Like you can't, you can't be like, yeah, we like believe in diversity and believe in like opening our doors to anybody, but then also like not stand up for people and, you know, look at your staff and you have like no diversity in it or, you know, say you value creativity but underpay artists like you can't just or don't you can't let just your artists be shit. creative <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> you can't just say shit yeah and think that you're covered and that goes for not just the brewery industry but obviously in the world we live in every industry yep. you can't just like post a cute instagram and be like great everybody cool let's move on like that's not and also that just creates a certain attitude in your company then because Mm -hmm. to see to live every day feeling a certain way being treated a certain way and then to see someone like flex on instagram about it and Mm -hmm. then be like oh cool so like now you have thousands of likes on this Mm -hmm. thank fucking god instagram got rid of (laughs) being able to see the amount of likes Uh, but (laughs) um you know and then be like oh so literally everyone believes this but like I'm here and I see it every day and I know it's not. And that's what's scary about working for a brewery that you start kind of like doubting and having frustrations with. You're sort of like, you start seeing how other people perceive it that aren't within the business. And you're like, shit, like they don't know. They have no idea. No idea. (laughs) And that's like, you know, 
it's hard with the brewery industry. It's hard because it's so small and you don't, you don't want to like, you want every, you truly do want everybody to do well and like be their best self and like make the best beer and like be the most open and hire mm-hmm. women and hire in diversity yeah, and hire yeah, yeah. this blah, blah, blah. But like, and pay people equally, <laughs> but like you also have to like hold people accountable. And I think mm-hmm. that's actually been a pretty weird part about Seattle beer industry is I feel like there's not, there's definitely like, I mean, I haven't, I've been gone for a few months, but like, I feel like there's not a ton of accountability with like the diversity stuff. And like, there's I not. think that definitely needs to, to, to be held to a higher standard here. I completely agree. I think there's already a lack of diversity in the Seattle beer scene as it is. And what's really frustrating is hearing people be like, oh, well, we want a diverse staff, but no one's applying. And yeah. I'm like, bro, that's not how it works. No. If no one's applying that are like people of color, queer people or whatever, it's because you haven't created an environment that's comfortable for them. Mm-mm, they no. look at you and say, trust me, they've looked at the job listing. Right. They've yeah. thought about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, that's on you. That's yeah. on you to make your space more accessible and more mm-hmm. inclusive and to actively use resources to find people mm-hmm. who can create more diversity. In your and that's what I truly think the pink boot stuff is fucking awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. But when you, I think a lot of breweries stand by, sit behind it and be like, look, we let all our women brew this beer. And it's like, wait, you don't let them brew. Do you only let them brew beer once a year? Like when else do they brew beer? Like, dude, I, I'm a hundred percent on board with what you're saying. Yeah. I think it is totally, it's so easy to be a front because mm-hmm. it's like, Oh wait, there is a woman brewing mm-hmm. thing. And that's Here's cool. all our women. <laughs> right. And it's like, Oh, okay. So international women's day, we're making the pink boots brew. Like here we are. Like, and what I do like about that is a lot of times people get to bring in people from the community, even mm-hmm. like influencers or whoever, like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like as long as they're into beer and they want to be a part of it, that's awesome. Um, but like, so why aren't we doing this for the rest of the year? Why, yeah. why we're focusing? It's like Black History Month is the shortest month of the no, year. Yeah. You know, like, okay. You so look at anything that's sort of like um, a quick, a quick, like, look, 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 everybody, mm-hmm. we're diverse. Yeah. We have a lot of women. Everything's right. fine. And then you're like, wait, but the rest of the year, are we also letting like a bunch of women brew beer? Are we right. also like trusting that they can brew it by themselves are we giving them like more credit are we paying them equally are we like all of the above right. or it's like are we using pink boots as an actual resource like oh here's mm-hmm. someone that we could get in even literally even if it started as like an internship or whatever the fuck like can we create a path for these people to come into our brewery can, mm-hmm. even if it's they just start off with keg washing and maybe doing a little cellar work or whatever like yeah. That's that's how it should be utilized, but yeah. I don't think it is. I think a lot of times, like you're saying, it's a fucking facade. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting thing, and I'll, I'll bring it back to Lowercase. I'm Lowercase's biggest fan, but <laughs> they... Um, my boyfriend, Brent, um, worked in their farmer's market like as a, st- a, a beer tender slash salesperson, right. um, and he had a few different like variations of farmer's markets that he would work at, and you look at someone like Lowercase who... Um, was definitely like trying to put themselves more out there and like get more of a expansive customer base. And you look at where they do farmers markets and you see that they not only do it in, you know, pretty predominantly white neighborhoods, like, you know, 
Ballard or Finney Ridge, but you also see they do it in Columbia City in Seattle, or you, you know, see that their customer base in Georgetown is very different from a lot of mm-hmm. people in North Seattle. And, mm-hmm. you know, you see that, and I'm not saying like everybody, you know, there's definitely in Seattle needs to be more diversity in general, but I think the reaching out, your customer base can only go as far as you reach. So like yep. your marketing needs to be more diverse and whether that means you take your sales to a neighborhood that wouldn't have had it in the first place or you reach out to breweries that are like black owned Mm -hmm. or you reach out to bars that are not where you would typically go i think that that that's something that needs to be more seen and like that you made a good point of being like yeah like they may not though they're just not like applying they're not looking well it's like well are you reaching are you putting yourselves in the right situation to be seen like how you want to be seen like yeah are you scared because that's fine like you can be uncomfortable but like i think breweries have the fucking awesome opportunity because they're so chill right right um, and like a good time for people, like they're never, they have the opportunity to reach out to audiences that like have not been reached out to. Totally. Like and everybody loves beer. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a predominantly white, it's not a predominantly male industry. It's just that nobody's really looking at the other side of it. Right. And you make a good point there because beer is the most drank alcoholic beverage in the entire world. And, yep. <laughs> um, especially during the pandemic. <laughs> and yeah, like it beer has always existed it like has come from like mesopotamia you know like the, <laughs> like it's rooted in people of color and yeah. not white people and even if the germans perfected the lager like whatever but it makes me think of um a brewery in la called uh, crowns and hops and oh yeah yeah, yeah. i just discovered them recently actually they're really fucking cool and they're i don't know if this is like their official slogan but they have a lot of merch and stuff that says black people drink beer black mm. people love beer like this is not anything new like we've been not, doing yeah. this it's not has it ever been fucking like especially like in the u.s like very deeply like we stole this shit from the germans like <laughs> we're not like we're not the end all be all of right. craft beer here like right. we exactly. have so that's the this is the thing about not only design in the brewing industry but like breweries in general there's so much potential and room to grow and there's a never ending like open space yes and i think that's what's like a lot of people i think that have the pushback of not even just like diversity or like having women in beer or like you know not paying creatives whatever it may be i think they're just scared of like where they're gonna head if that they do like open up themselves up more and i think that's fine you can be scared but if you don't like adapt now, you're going to be left in the dust like here in a few years, because as you can tell, design is much more valued in the beer industry than it was two years ago. Yep. So is diversity. So is putting women in not even just like place them in the brewery where you want them to be seen, right, but right. also in the brewery itself where people are brewing the beer and where like businesses decisions are being made. I mm-hmm. think that's a really, and giving them credit for the business decisions they make. Right. I mean, th- I think that's a huge thing is putting people of uh, different backgrounds and different outlooks mm-hmm. into the room where decisions are being made because that's where the actual change is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, I want people of color and women and queer and non-binary folk, I want all of them to be represented from something as small as, 
your beer tender to a graphic designer. But like, if we're talking about what you're actually going to do as a company, you need to have those voices heard in the boardroom. They have to be there helping you make decisions because if you keep your group, the same tight little group that you've always had, like Mm. whoever started the brew, whatever, you're going to have the same outlook on every single decision you make. And that's why diversity is important. It's not because it looks a certain way and because you won't get canceled if you're if you look a certain way. Yeah. It's because it actually is valuable because people have different life experiences and they're going to bring that to the table when mm-hmm. you're making these big decisions. Yep. And like I will also say this forever and ever like your it doesn't matter if you hire the coolest designer, if you hire like the coolest bartender, whatever it may be, like if you think you're the coolest person that's in charge of this brewery, like your business decisions, who you are as a person is going to reflect in what you do. So if you hire the coolest creative you think that ever exists, but you don't know who you are as a person, you don't, you don't believe in your own statement. You're not like living that truth. Like every single day, then your work is going to your beer and your like packaging and your business is going to suffer. And like, I think, Seattle is in a very interesting spot because that's already like in my opinion happening yeah. why you may see tons of people at certain tap rooms that aren't living that truth eventually their reputation is going to catch up with them and Absolutely. like I think you know not people like Aslan or you look at any brewery in the United States that's like pushing ideas outside of their own comfort zone and like standing up for what they believe in even if they aren't truly living that quite yet but at least they're like admitting it yeah I think that like they're going to go much further than the people that are like pretending to be a part of the, this movement. Man, that's been some of the most frustrating shit to witness during this, like, you know, real social unrest and civil rights movement that's going on right now is seeing these people who you're like, Oh, you're only doing this because literally everyone in your community Mm -hmm. is doing this. And if you don't, then you're going to look racist, which you Mm -hmm. might be racist already. Who knows? But like the, how some breweries, dude, I saw, so sorry. You no, can also go. maybe cut this part out, but some breweries, I won't say names. And I can tell you later, <laughs> but some breweries I, I've respected like deeply when I lived in Seattle used hashtags that were uh, relevant to BLM when they were just posting about like some sort of sales <gasps> sales, like, no. bre- and they had nothing to do with black lives matter. And I was just like, are oh, you fuck yourself. fucking serious? Like it was just stuff like, and I, and I still, like, I'm like, damn, I love that brewery. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, like, stuff you, like, there's really only so far you can go with a social post, like, pushing the boundaries. Of, like, it doesn't matter if you're a predominantly white brewery. There's, there's always room for change. There's always room to get better and, like, educate yourself. And I'm mm-hmm. not just talking about, like, I'm going to read some books and we're going to be good. Like, I'm talking about, like, actually, yeah, market research, like, learning more about the black community, learning more about why like people of color like to drink beer and like bringing them in and like hiring them, not just and like having them drink your beer and understanding why they like your beer. I think that's like so much more valuable than like, okay, we're going to put up a social post and like, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything like great. I don't know. Yeah. There's so many thoughts, but (laughs) (laughs) always, there'll always be forever thoughts. Yeah. Um, you probably had so many more pointed questions and I just went on no, like this is actually rambles. incredible. This is Wait, give me a question though. I want to hear a question. Oh, okay, cool. Um, okay, so really quick, just out of my own curiosity, mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but didn't you do like a little work for either, what was it, like 
other half or half acre didn't you do something i did something for other half yes that's yeah, right yeah, yeah. didn't you like design a t-shirt for them i did something? a t-shirt for them they so they did a really cool series so they actually have a, a a design company and this is an occasion where a design company has done like some killer work for them and i will like vouch for this company every single day they're called stout collective and they're um they're a really cool company and they um, do work for other half, but other like a ton of other breweries, and they they did um, a big beer collaboration for the pandemic. Uh huh. Hold on, I will find it so that we can actually have it in the podcast. Okay, cool. Oh, they did like a brewery series, like a brewing series called um, All Together, and they had a bunch of different breweries. They just started a worldwide collaboration for the pandemic, um, and all of the proceeds went to like hospitality and like. Cool. Um, yeah, they raised one million dollars. <gasps> by the way, it's on their Instagram now. If you I go to Stout chills. Collective, one million they're dollars. fucking awesome. They're big like proponents of the beer industry, but they do a lot of other design work. Um, they do other halves um, designs for the most part. Um, but they reached out to me and they were like, "We're doing a series where we do a bunch of different like one-off T-shirts that are just going to be for sale at the different locations for other half." And um, we're reaching out to some like other designers, but like we were wondering if you had like the bandwidth to do this. Um, and all you really had, all the things I had to like require were just putting the other half logo in something. Oh. But they were really adamant that, and they sent me examples of my own work. They were like, please do something okay, around cool. this. So I sent them a few different sketches of stuff like to do with the other half logo that kind of like I could bring into that. And they, they were so collaborative and super like, friendly about like the sketches I sent and like I was like I want to do a pocket tee but I don't know if that's too expensive for you guys and they're like no let's fucking do it like it was just How a good cool. experience yeah and like oh, that got sold for like a week at the NYC store and then that moved on to the next artist which was like really cool because there was like artists in that line that were like artists I've been following for a long time and then some artists that only have like a few hundred followers but wow. like so it was really sick to see and like they still like they reach out and like, are just, they sent me like a Christmas card. Like How sweet. it was awesome. Like that's the kind of like, it's like, just like, you're just working with humans. You're not working exactly. with like a robot. Like you're yes. just like yeah doing shit together. So like, why not make it as like collaborative as possible? But yeah, I had a really good experience with that. And like other half has always been like a fucking dream. Like For real? I was like, uh, yeah, obviously I would love to do that. <laughs> um, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask a question about your actual like art history. Mm. Um, you said you, so you went to school for graphic design specifically, but I've also seen you kind of do like more illustrative work. Mm -hmm. How has that evolved? How, you know, is that, is it just a combination of the two? Do you ever play in any other mediums? Ooh, that is such a good question. So I feel like there's been like, I've been living like a double life <laughs> and like, I still am like, I love my job now. I work for like Burton Snowboards and they're a great company and they definitely facilitate a lot of creativity. Um, but when you're working as like a full-time designer, you're always doing sort of like very specific like things with the company. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not as like, um, you know, illustration based or like creative based. It's more like, you know, marketing stuff and, and assets for like social or website or, mm -hmm. or whatever it may be, which is like also a really cool part about design. Like a lot of people can like shit on that, but like 
it really like to see the effects of your design like in the sales world is like mm-hmm. pretty cool yeah so there's a whole part of me that's like done a lot of that like a lot of digital like marketing and um you know I've worked in a lot of retail stores and stuff like that but when it comes to like my own work I kind of see that as like my split personality like that's my whole world where I sort of just have fun and I don't use that as like like sometimes it does get me work and that's great like right when I got in the beer industry it was because of I, I I believe it was because of my like own personal work not because of like the professional like your portfolio yeah yeah, yeah yeah so it definitely has benefits to it but like for the most part I try to do that stuff just to like either work through some like mental illness shit I'm going yes, through of course. <laughs> yeah or like you know figure out how I'm feeling in the time mm-hmm. or like if I'm just feeling creative in the moment or not feeling creative whatever I just like use that as sort of the source and like illustration is sort of just like I kind of like rolled into randomly sure. I wouldn't call myself like a very detailed illustration based person like I do a lot of weird shapes I do I, a lot I of love like it though. I've seen you do like really cool just like literally painting on pieces of furniture and stuff yeah like that. yeah like I think that stuff is like been fun to do because I don't I would never like if someone asked me to like paint a portrait like this like paint a portrait of them or like <laughs> do a detailed shot of like a plant or like you yeah, know whatever yeah. I'm like no fucking way <laughs> like I can't do that so I just am not that good of a like I can't draw like that but like when it comes to stuff that just feels like it just sounds so like artist heavy but like I love the like movement and like yes um you do a lot of stuff with movement yeah 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 and like shapes in general have been like something that I I remember I did a piece for like it was like a Southwest pow- a Southwest pattern. And I, I was just like messing around with it. I was just like on like a balcony, just like drinking a beer. And I was like, I'll just like try these shapes. Yeah. And then I started doing them and I'm like, okay, this is where I'm starting. Like I've never felt comfortable like making something until that point. And that's when wow. I was like, okay, like I feel really good. Just like sporadically winging it like I I try to when I make my like shape patterns I try to do it like just in one setting so I'm not like sitting on it for days because I've found that as like a like just me personally some people are very different (laughs) but I can't sit on a piece of work for days because then I start fucking hating it (laughs) yeah totally like you just you have to go through it you have to like complete the process because if you leave it unfinished you're going to come back to it and feel a totally different way yeah I started to like be like okay that shape looks like like not very perfect but whatever I'm just gonna move on and like you know when I start thinking about it like okay I make like shapes like it sounds like really stupid but like it makes me feel so calm and like Mm -hmm. it's never helped my like mental health more than when I'm just like doodling and like well it almost seems like a kind of like stream of consciousness it like totally that's a good way to describe it you're allowing your artistry to just Mm kind of come through in like a therapeutic way Mm -hmm. instead of a work mindset way when I get in my head so much and it's just like you start being like does this look good and it's like just fucking just put it put it on instagram put it in your house wherever you want to put it like or just don't show it to anybody that's fine too whatever like it's just it's been a really nice like i think the illustration like creative what you probably mostly see on instagram side of me is not really i wouldn't say my professional sure and that's why it's hard sometimes when people do dm me or like reach out and are like hey we just want this and it's like well that's sort of like me just like my personal time like having fun like right, yeah yeah <laughs> this isn't technically my professional world and also I imagine that you might want to have that separation yeah no and sometimes it does get blurred sure and it's course. like it, what's been really nice about working at 
like Burton in general is like they are similar to the brewing industry, very sales heavy, but mm-hmm. they, they definitely respect the idea of like, okay, when you want to be creative, like go for it. Like yeah. I've never felt any shame towards that or anything like that. But like they also, you know, I, I do what I need to do when it comes to like, you know, the print and digital marketing design that I need to do. But when I have the opportunity to like show my creative side more, like if we have like a one-off weird t-shirt or like, a random design and that, you know, that goes for the brewing industry too. You can kind of show your personality when you feel comfortable, Yeah. but you're not, you're not being used for that like side of your creative self that like, you don't really want to share with people sure. that you're like, yeah. this isn't for you. Right. It's personal. It's hyper personal yeah. for sure. Yeah. I love that. Um, let's wrap this up with one more question. Okay. Go for it. This is a segment called drenchies. Wait, drunchies? Drunchies. Drunchies are drunk munchies. Oh. (laughs) So I want to hear what is your go-to snack. It could be either, you know, um, several months ago when we used to go out with friends um, and you're out in the town, you're Mm -hmm. feeling a little something, or it could just be you're at home in your sweats and four beers deep. What's your go-to snack? Oh, my God. That's such a good question. First of all, I eat so much. So um, (laughs) I love... So, okay, okay. If I'm in, like, a, if I'm hungover mm-hmm. and I feel like shit and I just want, like, the food that's going to make me feel whole again, uh-huh. I'll say salt and vinegar chips. Oh, yes. Specifically Lay's, which is, like, technically, mm. like, the poor man's, like, salt and vinegar chips. But, like, <laughs> kettle chips are just, like, a little too fancy for my hungover self. And also they can be, like, sharp and harder. Yeah, you I'll, I'll do that, that when someone brings it to me. I'm like, oh, thanks. But, like, I really want the Lay's salt yeah, and vinegar Yeah, I chips. see that. I see that. Um, but if you're asking me if I was drunk in Seattle, like, wandering the yeah, town. Yeah, Dude, sisters and brothers, like... Have you ever had them? No. Oh my god, their like chicken fingers are so good. Wait, chicken I don't fingers. Even know what sisters and brothers is. Oh my god, it's a chicken place, and they were in Georgetown, but now they're in Inner Bay, okay. near Holy Mountain. Yeah. They have this like so they do super spicy like Nashville hot chicken, but they oh, love a hot chicken. I don't eat chicken, oh but god. I love hot. Oh yeah, you don't eat chicken. I like quote what? unquote hot chicken spice. Like I know what you mean when yeah. you're saying that. <laughs> I will say chicken fingers are just like my end all be all so like it seems like such a comfort food like you know what it's gonna be yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so i would say chicken fingers and salt vinegar chips so you know the healthiest shit ever (laughs) when we're drinking slash hungover we're not talking about healthy no exactly that's what it's for (laughs) um casey thank you so much for drinking with me you have no idea first off i want to i know this is technically an interview about me but you should know since I've known you, you've built like a whole new like brand and world and you guys, you and Shauna both are like just killing it and like so confident in the beer world and confident in yourselves. And I'm really proud of you. Thank you so much. That You're means welcome. a lot. Um, you should be really proud of you guys. Like this, I, it's, did you, can you believe a year ago? No. Would you, I'm I, holding up. I can't believe. Like, for all the podcast listeners out there, <laughs> I'm holding up the Seattle Beer School and Lowercase Collaboration <laughs> Beer. That is insane. I would have never guessed. Not I because I don't believe in you guys, just because it's like, look where you... I know. It's I so know. cool. It is very cool. Um, before we sign off, um, plug your, your website, your Instagram oh, handle, yes. all that stuff. So my Instagram handle is at Casey Schuyler and C-A-S-E-Y-S-K-Y-L-A-R. 
And my website is casey-callahan.com, which has not been updated in quite a minute. But That's if fine. you want all the most recent, I'd follow my Instagram. Absolutely. That's where it's always at. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I think we're going to continue hanging out and having more beers. But yeah. for now, we're going to sign off. Y'all don't get to be a part of that. <laughs> uh, cheers one more time. Cheers. Cheers. That was a Titan Cast episode.